You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We are down to our ninth uh, commandment. Actually, we're going through a series called 10. Everybody say 10. Perfect law and uh, perfect love. And we've discussed uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, commandment number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. This time we're going to talk about the ninth commandment. Okay. If this is your first time and you, you're, you want to play catch up with us, you can actually download our Victory Alabang app. And all you need to do is listen. Okay. So, para sa inyong mga baguhan, pwede kayo mag-download. Amen puba. Alright, okay. Before I, I dive into the word, okay, can you give me a, you know, the usual ceremony we do? <laughs> One more time. <laughs> Ayan, pangalis ang nervyos kasi yan eh. Okay, ganun talaga yan eh. Oo, pantanggal namin ng nervyos. But before I, we dive into the word, okay, I want us to, um, well, I wanna, I wanna invite you to a game, okay? Okay lang ba? Before we do that, Okay, you have no choice because I'm here, so you have to play the game, and it's called the honesty game. Okay, it's very it's very simple. Okay, it's an honesty game. So the mechanics very simple. All you need to do is be honest. honest. That's right. When you see the situation, and then uh, just raise up your hand and say, "I'm guilty." Everybody say, "I'm guilty." Oh, that's all we need to do together. Okay, the honesty game. Are you ready? Okay. Alright, how many of you have done this? I have read and agreed to the above terms and conditions. I am guilty. Okay, alright. Actually, diba? Mamadali tayo lagi, diba? When we, we wanna get to the app right away, you agree, 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 agree. Okay, but you have, have you read it? No, okay. Thank you for being honest. Hey, what about this? You have a bad day. And then you're, you're, you know, an office mate or somebody that you know approaches you and then he'd ask you a question, Uy, kamusta na? And this is what you say. I'm fine. Okay? Guilty. Thank you for, thank you for being honest. The rest of you, you're not. Okay? How about this? Okay, you, you, uh, no, you, uh, you have a meeting or you have to, you know, you have to show up on a date and this is what you usually text message. <laughs> I'm guilty! I'm on my way out of the shower! <laughs> okay. Uh, how about this? You, you're so, you're expecting something from a person and that person does not deliver the expectation. And then this is what you'll say to him or to her. <laughs> Guilty. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, how many ladies do we have in the house? Okay. All right. Here's what you tell your husband or your mom or your dad. Okay. After going around the mall and you say, it was on sale kasi. Huh? Do you say that to your husband? Mahal, it sale kasi. Kaya, no, eh, sayang naman, 70% off. Di ba? So, syempre, si husband mo say, hmm, okay, okay. Alright. Oh, ito, 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 ito. Most Filipinos, okay, all of us, in fact, here in the Metro Manila, this is what we always say. Okay? 
Na late ka. You're late for work. And what do you say? Grabe. Ang traffic. Okay, although totoo naman siya, okay? But sometimes, you know, it's just like, it's a, it's our reason, right? Uh, how about, how about this one, okay? You see your cell phone ringing, it's somebody you don't want to talk to, and, and you'd probably text that person, you say, sorry, miss your call. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Alright. Ito, sa mga, sa mga husband and wife. Diba? Or, you know, sa husband and wife. Ito, this is what you'd always say. It's not you. It's me. How many of you have done that? Huh? 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 Okay, okay. Oh, ito, last ito, last ito, last ito, talaga ito. How many of you have never lied before? Uy, honest ah. Okay. <laughs> One way or another, all of us have you know, I've been really proven guilty as charged. We've lied. Right? We were not honest. We, you know, we've done that. Oh, ako lang yun. Lahat tayo, diba? Guilty naman tayo lahat, diba? That's why the ninth commandment says, do not lie, which is our title today. The question is, why do people lie? Right? I mean, why do people still lie? In fact, we know the ninth commandment, do not lie, but why do people still lie? What does the Bible say about lying? Is there such a thing as um, white lie? And beyond white lie, gray lie, black lie, red lie, lang, green lie, I don't know. Or a half truth or a half lie. How about this? A divine lie. Meron magaling kay God. So we'll find out tonight. Okay? Are you ready for this? So I want you to stand up and open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. Let's all read it together. Exodus 20, verse 16 says, You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Let's, let's bow down our heads and pray. Father, thank you, God, for this commandment. Lord, our, our hope and our prayer tonight, Lord God, that you will open our minds, you will open our spiritual eyes, Lord God. Open our hearts too, Lord, that we may receive this word. Holy Spirit, come and hover in our midst. Lord, we thank you, God, that your presence is here. Lord, bless the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. So the best way we can actually go through this commandment is break it down. I mean, break it down, yo. Sorry, man, generation na palang ngayon. But let us break it down into small, bright sizes. Okay? Now, Let's start with this. So what does this mean? You shall not bear. Okay, it's not the animal bear. Okay, not the panda bear. But what is bear? Now, the Hebrew word for bear, okay, is ana. It's not a woman. It says ana. Which means speak, testify, answer, or respond. So you shall not bear what's next? False, right? So, you shall not bear false. What does the Hebrew word say? False is sheker, and it means lie, deception, or falsehood. So, you shall not bear what? False witness. What is the Hebrew word for witness? Witness is ed. How many eds do we have in the house? Hi, ed. 
But that's not you, okay? It's a Hebrew word and it means witness or a testimony or an evidence. So in effect, say, you shall not bear false witness against. Everybody say against. Okay, now the Hebrew word for against is imad, which really means against. Against or opposing. Okay? Now, let's look at this. You shall not bear witness against your neighbor. What are we doing here? Actually, the best way to understand this scripture is really to understand where it came from. And studying Hebrew is very important so that all of us will be open to the context of the Israelites when they receive the Ten Commandments. So that's what we're doing. So the Bible says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. The Hebrew word for neighbor really means your next door neighbor. How many of you have next door neighbors? Yes. Okay. Do you, do you like them? Yeah. Okay. Sure, huh? Honest, huh? Okay. What else? He's also a companion, fellow, or any other person. In other words, neighbor is universal. It's everybody. Okay? Whether a stranger, a friend, someone you don't know, someone you know, someone who's popular, they are your neighbor. Yes, including the husband is your neighbor, including the wife is your neighbor. Everybody. Everybody say everybody. When we broke down that scripture and we put together the Hebrew meaning, it will look something like this. It says all together now, one, two, three. You shall not speak, testify, answer, or respond with deception, a lie, or a falsehood as testimony or evidence against your neighbor, a companion, a fellow, or another person. Now, there are two implications of this commandment. First implication is this. Do not lie testifying in court. That's the first implication. Second implication is this. Do not lie. Period. So you could look at your neighbor, turn around, come on, turn around, look at your neighbor and say, do not lie. Period. It's really as simple as that. Do not lie. Okay, there's no, you know, there's no deep, deeper meaning than that. Just do not lie. There are two implications. And the question is, why? Why did God give us this ninth commandment? Why do you think God gave this ninth commandment? Do not bear false witness. Okay, why, why this? And the best way that we can understand the reason behind this commandment is to look really at, at who our God is. So, we can actually give you all the reasons why this command was given, but it would be best for us to understand the person who gave it. God. It's one thing that you, you and I, we receive the rules and regulations, but you don't know who gave it. You don't understand why He gave it. But when the Ten Commandments was given to us, it was given by God. And if you don't know God... You don't know who He is. You will probably not understand why we have these Ten Commandments. So I want to give to you three attributes of God or characteristics of God or probably the reason why He gave these Nine Commandments. The first one is this. God is a God of truth. You know, in biblical times, the people of Israel who were called by God's name and who represented God in the world 
they were expected to accurately reflect His character. That's what it was. If you are an Israelite, a Jew, God expected you because, remember, it is God who brought them out of the land of slavery. If you know the first part of the commandment, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Because He called a whole nation unto Himself. He was looking at His character being the God of truth, being represented by all of us. God is a God of truth. That is His character. There is no falsehood in Him. Numbers 23 verse 19 says, God is not a man that He should lie, or a son of man that He should change His mind. Has He said and will He not do it? Or has He spoken and will He not fulfill it? That's who He is. God does not lie. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is, everybody read that, impossible for God to lie. We who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. You need to understand that when when we give a false testimony or when we lie, whether in the courtroom or outside of the courtroom, what we are doing, we attack not only the person that we're lying to, but what we're doing is that we are attacking the very person and character of God. That's what we're doing. Because we are expected to reflect the glory of God. We are expected to carry the character of God. When we bear false witness against our neighbor or when we lie, we do not represent God. And the truth is not with us. God of truth. He must be represented. In John chapter 8, verse 44, before I give that, speaks of who we can represent if we are not representing God. You see, when we lie, when we give a false witness against a neighbor, we do not represent God. So who do we represent? John chapter 8, verse 44, this is what it says, You are of your father, the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, you got to get this, when he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and a father of lies. When we lie, when we don't say the truth, when we give a false witness against our neighbor, we automatically, basically, represent the devil. If you remember, the very first lying that ever happened in the Bible is when the serpent basically lied about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You all know what happened, right? Adam and Eve was there. They were prohibited forbidden to take any of the fruit from the tree of knowledge and good and evil. God says, you can have anything you want except from this tree. But yet the serpent was very cunning. The devil, the Satan himself was there and he tried to lie. He said, you know, did God really say for you not to take this fruit? And then Eve says, yes, because... God says that if we take this truth, we will surely die. 
And what did the devil say? He lied and he deceived Eve. He says, no, you will not surely die. Because God knows if you take this fruit, you will be like Him, knowing good and evil. The lie already happened long time ago, before the sin was committed. Think about that. The lie was already done before the sin was committed. Of course, that's the devil. But our God is a God of truth. He forbids us to bear false witness against our neighbor. How? You know, an expanded version of the, the ninth commandment is in Exodus chapter 23, verse 1 to 3. So how do we bear false witness against our neighbor when, number one, you shall not spread a false report? When we give a false report, that's the ninth commandment prohibition. Secondly, when you join hands with a wicked man to be a malicious witness. Thirdly, when you fall in with many to do evil, when you bear witness in a lawsuit, siding with the many, so as to pervert justice, nor shall you be partial to a poor or a poor man in the lawsuit. God forbids lying. He forbids it. Why? Because He hates it. He hates lying. Proverbs 6, verse 16 to 19 says, There are six things that the Lord hates. Seven that are an abomination to Him. You know what that means, abomination? It's that thing that causes God to hate. It's that thing that causes God to hate and be angry. And what does it say? Haughty eyes, lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil. What does it say? A false witness who breathes out lies and one who sows discord among the brothers. Church, we must reject all lies. Everybody say all lies at all costs. We need to reject this. We must embrace a truth without any compromise. Why? Because God is the God of truth. So we must pursue truth. So this principle, this same principle, okay, will have to be applied on all the sins. Like, sins of the tongue, like lying. Of course, we know that. We've talked about this. Defrauding. When you deceive, you know, someone for your benefit. Deception. Of course, there, that's the one. Slander. When you say, you know, untrue things to somebody. How about this? Gossips. Gossip. I mean, this is TV series about Gossip Girl or something. Do you watch it? About the pretty little, what, what you call that? Liars? Yeah. Gossips. How about this? Flattery. Uy, ang ganda ng suot mo, ah. Grabe, ang galing, ah. Oh, you lost weight ata, huh? Ah, di ba? It's kind of like my kids say, Dad, you know, you look so good. Yeah. Okay, I like your shoes. I like your pants. I like your... Dad, you're, you're guapo. Ah. Na ano, eh? Then after a few minutes, uh, Dad, you think you can buy me some, you know, 
flattery will get you nowhere. Okay? How about this exaggeration? How many of you have done this? Okay, tayo tayo lang naman, di ba? Alright, okay lang, okay lang. But how many of you have, you know, made a beautiful biodata or a resume? You have a beautiful resume. You came from Harvard University. You are, uh, you know, you, you put all the things that you could put there just to get the job. Don't raise your hand. That's exaggeration. How many of you really have fabricated a truth? Because you don't want to be in trouble. How many of us have, you know, overstated something? Or understated something? Well, it's all part of this. Because God is the God of truth, we must always pursue truth. Amen? That's very important. In fact, if you are a born-again, bought by the blood of Christ, a worshiper of God, a lover of God, this is what the Apostle Paul exhorts for all of us. How many born-again Christians do we have here? Come on. One, two, three, four, five. Huh. Mga 80% lang Pero for the rest of you, hindi pa, no? Okay, sige. Hopefully, you'll be born again after this. But Colossians. This is the, the exhortation of the Apostle Paul. He said, but now, because you are born again, now that you are a Christian, you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. You know, if we are really called Christians, okay, not even saying you are from victory or, you know, you love God. This is what we need to do. We need to put off the old self. We need to put the new self. I like what, what Ray said a while ago. The old really is gone. The new has come. But how many of us are still hanging on the old one? How many of us have been still doing what we're doing? How many of us failed the honesty game? All of us. But here's the good news. Verse 10 says, And have put on the new self, which is what? Being renewed. I like that word. So there's hope. Okay, You can turn to your neighbor and say, There's hope for you. Yeah, there's hope for you. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, And I am sure of this, that He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. There is a good work happening inside of us already. The reason that all of us are here today, you're attending a Sunday service, or you're attending the Victory Group, or you're attending the Victory Weekend, whatever that may be, the Word of God is changing, renewing what's inside of us. God is not finished with you yet. That's the good news. If you are a Christian today and you're still lying, guess what? God is still renewing something inside. God is not through with us. Amen? But here's the tension. Okay? 
So, Pastor, you're saying to pursue all truth. That's good. Um, Pastor, you're saying I will uh, put off my old self and put on the new self. Now be renewed. Praise God for that. But here's my problem. Here's my challenge, Pastor. If I pursue all truth, does this mean I can tell all the people I know about the truth? Let me ask this question to you. If you pursue all truth, does this mean you can tell all the people you know about the truth? Yes or no? I don't know. Okay. It's kind of like this. Pastor, I did not lie. I told the truth. I told my girlfriend she has bad breath. Just like that. Or vice versa. You know, Pastor, I told the truth. I, I, I told my, my, my boyfriend, he has B.O. Like, you texted somebody, probably your prayer group, and you say, let's pray for so-and-so. I know for a fact that her husband is leaving her because she had an affair with the brother-in-law. Let us intercede for their marriage. My question is, is that wrong? wrong. But it's the truth, Pastor. I told the truth. And nothing but the truth. Everything about it. I told everybody that this person committed adultery. Well, there are also instances in the Bible, Pastor, that they lied. Yeah. Pastor, these people like Rahab, you all know Rahab? Rahab and the Spice Boys. They call that the Spice Boys. He protected the Spice Boys. Remember that? So she lied to protect, right? How about this? How about this? Uh, you remember uh, the midwives? The midwives of, uh, of uh, Israel. Remember at the time of Moses, okay, when Moses was born? In fact, there was a decree by Pharaoh to kill all the male-born children, right? And the midwives were asked to kill. But the midwives lied. They said, you know, the, the Hebrew women are strong women, stronger than Egyptian women. Before we get there, they've given birth. So, you know, sorry, Pharaoh, we, we were not able to kill them. But yet God blessed them. So you mean, God, you condone lying? Ooh. A more disturbing example is Samuel. You all know the prophet Samuel, right? Prophet Samuel during the time of King Saul, then King David, you all know him, right? Okay, let me just give you that account. Let's go to 1 Samuel 16, verse 1 to 5. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over King Saul, right? Since I have rejected him from being king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. So remember, this is the time when God basically saw David, right? After his own heart. Remember that, that story? And this is it. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, Now here it is. And say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. The purpose of, of uh, God asking Samuel was to anoint 
David to be king. But yet, he says another thing. No, no, this is what you say. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. And in verse 3, says, And invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded, of course he obeyed, and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him, trembling, and said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Okay, didn't say I'm going to anoint David. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to sacrifice. Now God commanded and it was like saying half-truth. So, hmm, that's so confusing. But God, you are a God of truth. You do not lie. But why are you saying only half-truth? Why is that? The question that begs to be answered today is this. When is wrong, wrong? Or, when is wrong, right? In Filipino, simple lang. Kailan ba tama ang mali? Kailan? I have something to say. A lie is a lie and will always remain as a lie. But what is the question we need to ask ourselves, what is that guiding principle that we need to know so we can be more effective when we face different situations in our lives? That's what we need to ask. God, what's the best answer? What do we do? We can best answer it again when we know who our God is. Okay? Which brings me to our second point this evening and it's called this. God is a God of love. God is a God of love. First John chapter 4, verse 8 says, Anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. The reason why God gave us these commandments was to show who He is. He is a loving God. That's what we have. That's who we serve. He is a loving God. And if we do not understand the word love, if we don't know the meaning of love, the Bible says you do not know God. If we're still understanding in our own perspective what love is, which is like love, I want this, I want that, you know, I take this, I take that. It's about me, it's about myself, about I. There's no love there. You need to understand that, you know, everything really, what's behind all these commandments. It's because you know that God is a loving God. Let me read 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. It becomes burdensome because you do not understand love. You do not understand the meaning of real love. The very foundation why God gave this command, very simple, He is love. If we just took these Ten Commandments and looked at it and see only a bunch of rules and regulations, we're missing the whole point. That's why it's difficult. It's difficult to obey the Ten Commandments, right? How many of you have already, you know, practiced the whole Ten Commandments and you're 100%, you know, pass? Nobody. Probably because there is still an issue here. We don't understand 
the word love. In fact, Jesus summarized the Ten Commandments. And He said in this verse, the Pharisee asked Him, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. starts off with your relationship with God. If you do not know that God is a loving God, you will not love God. Right? The reason why all of us are here, because you know that God loves you. Or am I talking to the wrong crowd? God loves us. And what does it say? And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Simple. Love God, love people. Everybody say that with me. Love God, love people. One more time. Love God, love people. Simple, right? But not easy. How many of us really love people? We worshipped a while ago. That really speaks of how much you love God. That's great. But the love doesn't end there in loving God. God expects this love to love outside. In other words, the prime motive of why we do not bear false witness, why we do not lie, slander, gossip, flatter, and all of these things is because of love. It should be born out of love. The Apostle Paul in Romans 13, verse 8 to 10 says, Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. And this is quite, you know, this is like a revelation. Understand this, you know. The one who loves another has fulfilled the Ten Commandments. If you knew love, you have fulfilled the Ten Commandments. Because you're acting not out of the law, but you're acting out of the love. Love for people. And what does it say? For the commandments are summed up. This is it. It is summed up in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. By the way, your neighbor is also your enemy. How many of you love your enemies? Hear up, no? But that's the truth. Verse 10 says, Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, everybody say, Therefore, And this is it. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So whether or not, you know, whether or not Rahab did this or, you know, Samuel did half-truth, it's not really about that. It's something deeper than that. Now, here's my question. Is it loving for us to tell the whole truth to people knowing that it will destroy them? Is it loving for us to tell the whole truth to people knowing that it will destroy them? Yeah, it's the truth. But if it will destroy a person, you think you are honoring God. You think that you are fulfilling the law. No. Romans 15 verse 2 says, Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. If we are destroying somebody because of the truth that you're saying, or the half-truth, or the white lie, or the flattering, or the gossip, whatever that may be, if it is not building up your neighbor for his good, 
then you have just, you know, violated the ninth commandment. That's what it is. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 24, Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Why? Because the primary motivation should be love. Amen? It's so hard. Hard to love your neighbor. Especially when they, you know, mess up your garden. Or when they throw things at you. Especially when they're so noisy, singing their favorite karaoke song. It's hard. But yet, that's what God wants us to do, to love. The right motive, therefore, should be for the good of our neighbor, not just for our own good. And I'm telling you this, it is difficult. You know, I have, you know, I have week in, week out challenges with our neighbor. But I, yeah, well, that's true. But I choose to love. Okay? So, I can be angry, but I will not sin. Because I choose to love. Because that's the right motive. What is the wrong motive then? Well, it's quite simple. If you go back to our scripture, it says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. What does it mean to be against? Hmm. Well, there is this evil intent to do harm at the expense of someone else for your benefit. For short, it's your personal gain. When you lie, it's for your personal gain at the expense of somebody else. That's what it means. So what is the good motive, the right motive? It's really love. When we lie, when we bear false witness, gossip, etc., 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 we're not showing that God is a God of love. When we're backbiting, we're not showing that our God is a God of love. Worse, you don't know the meaning of love. My prayer tonight is that we understand fully how it is to love. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 says this, For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. My point is this. More than just looking at the written law or the commandment that we need to obey, we need to look at the Spirit behind it. It's clear. For the letter, what letter is this? Letter of Moses. The law of Moses, the Ten Commandments, or the 613 commandments in the Old Testament. That is what we call the letter. And it says, For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And what spirit is this? It's the Spirit of God. What kind of spirit? A loving spirit. Because God is a God of love. It's about love. It is love, not legalism. Amen? Because, you know, you could try your best to obey the commandment. Okay? That's fine. But Jesus broke this legalism in the, in the heads of the Pharisees. You all remember when He healed the sick during Sabbath day. <gasps> 
you violated commandment number four. You did something wrong. Was it really wrong to heal the sick on Sabbath? It's kind of like this. You're driving, okay? And you know that the traffic light turned green and it's a go, right? So you, you put your, your pedal to the metal and then you speed off and then you see this woman crossing the street, jaywalking pa. And then you said to yourself, that's against the law. I will kill you. Boom. No, you won't, right? You won't do that. Why? Because there's a higher law. Kind of like the midwives, right? The Pharaoh, the government, the authority that's telling them you should obey the government. Kill the male babies. But they lied to save the life. Was it wrong for them to lie? Of course. It's lying. Yes. Lying is lying. But to save the lives they lied, God did not condemn them. God is still the God of truth. He does not lie. How about Rahab? Well, she lied to protect the spies of Israel. Did God approve lying? No. But God blessed her faith. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews. God blessed Rahab not for lying, but for her faith. You see, what's amazing about God, God is sovereign in man's affairs. He uses our fallen nature, even if we lie, even if we do false witness against our neighbor and all of these things. He uses our fallen nature because He wants to accomplish His purpose in life. If Rahab was killed and the spies were killed, probably there won't be a nation of Israel today. And we will not have the gospel where it started. If Samuel was killed by Saul, knowing that his purpose was to anoint David, he would have killed Samuel, he would have killed Jesse, he would have killed David, which is the lineage of Jesus Christ. God in His sovereignty does these things to accomplish His purpose. Because He knows all of us will lie. All of us have this fallen nature. But the underlying thought of these things, how we decide in our everyday, day-to-day life, we should look at it from the perspective of a God who loves us and how we should love our neighbor. In other words, perfect law of God truly reveals His perfect love for us. And as I end, my third point is this. God is a God of justice. Isaiah says this, Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you. You And I love this scripture. God waits for you. He waits to be gracious to you. He is patiently waiting to be gracious to you. And therefore He exalts Himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed. Everybody say blessed. Blessed are all those who wait for him. God gave us the Ten Commandments because he is a just God. There's nothing unjust in him, in his ways. Therefore, the people of God, as a people of God, we too have to be just in all our ways. Now, there are consequences. If God is a God of justice, there's a consequence for it, right? 
if you are a just God, okay, you are fair, you are equal, we all know this, that means all of us would be the same like Him. But yet, as a judge, there is a punishment, right? A judge would judge, and He will meet out His judgment. And the thing is, even in that scripture in the Old Testament about bearing false witness, this is the judgment of God. In Deuteronomy 19, 18-19, says, The judges shall inquire diligently, and if the witness is a false witness and has accused his brother falsely, then you shall do to him as he had meant to do to his brother, so you shall purge the evil from your midst. So the same penalty that you are accusing this person of, you know, this person committed a crime, he probably murdered, but you know, he didn't really murder, but yet, you know, you accuse that person. So if the punishment is death penalty, guess what? If I'll be found out to be a false witness, I get to have that sentence. I get the death penalty. That's how God was serious about bearing false witness. God is a God of justice. He will bring every deed to judgment. In Ecclesiastes says, For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. You know, I don't know what's going on in your life today. I only see you like this. But only God knows what's inside. So no matter how much secret you have, God hears the secret that you keep. It's a... Yeah, it's a song during our time. But God hears us nonetheless. What else? This is Jesus saying, Matthew twelve thirty six. this is what Jesus said, I tell you on the day of judgment, everybody say judgment. People will give account for every careless word they speak. We will have to give an account of everything. God will will judge us. Scary thought, right? Dennis Prager said this about, you know, about the justice. He said, you know, just in passing, a society cannot survive a contempt of truth, whether inside or outside a courtroom. If people testify falsely in a courtroom, there can be no justice. And without even the hope of justice, there can be no civilization. So when people lie, when they pervert the truth, when they give false witness against their neighbor, it destroys not only the person, not only his family, not only the nation, you know, kind of like top 10 corrupt uh, countries in the world, tapos pang ilan yung Philippines. Kind of like that. It's not only the nation, it actually affects the whole civilization. If God is not a just God, and has given us this commandment, we would, it would have been chaotic for this civilization. Chaos will be there. James chapter 2, verse 10 says, For whoever keeps the whole law, think about this, whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. So how many of you have never lied before? We just broke the first, the other, the ninth commandment, right? And what does the Bible say? We're all guilty. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is already guilty of breaking the law. That's why God is the God of truth, 
love and justice. But yet, He knows how we are unable to justify ourselves. We just can't. And in the most uncompromising way, our God stood at one point in His life with all these three attributes being the God of truth, love, and justice. He stood before a court. He was falsely accused. Jesus Himself was falsely accused. And He was tried in court. And the account is in John 18, verse 33 to 37. You all remember this? During Holy Week, we... We probably preached this. But this was a time before he was taken up at the cross. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You need to understand at this point, you know, Jesus could have easily bailed out. It would have been easier for him to say, No, I'm not the king of the Jews. Could have lied. Right? But no. He chose to stay. He chose to stand his ground. He chose to tell the truth. And nothing but the truth. So help me God. That's what he did. What happened in the coming verse? Is that your own idea? Jesus asked. Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Tell me. Because at this point, you know, Pilate didn't have anything against Jesus. What is it you have done? Let's see. Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now, my kingdom is from another place. And this is what Pilate said. You are a king then. Now at that point, what Pilate was saying, how dare you say that you are a king because there's another king in this kingdom. Can't be you. That's treason. You are a king then, but you know, Jesus said, what did Jesus reply? You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the what? Truth. Everyone on the side of the truth listens to me. Now, Jesus knew his statements would put him in trouble. In fact, it would put him to the cross. Now, that's hard. But yet, Jesus stood his ground. And he chose to tell the truth, that he is the king. Despite what would happen to him, he would be killed. He would be crucified in a cruel death. But he chose to do that. He didn't lie. He didn't. Jesus told the truth because he is the God of truth. Jesus chose to die on that cross for us because He is the God of love. Jesus took our judgment because He is the God of justice. This is my main point. If you know who your God is, you will love your neighbor as yourself. Let's just bow down our heads and pray. Father, thank You. Thank You, Lord God, for opening our hearts and our minds today. Holy Spirit, would you just come and minister to us, Lord God. Jesus, we ask that let your love flow today in the hearts of your people. May we truly understand what it is to love you and what it is to love others. Lord, may we not be taken in by legalism, Lord God, 
but may we understand what love is. Lord, thank you, God, that you are creating a new heart in all of us. That you are not yet done with our hearts, Lord God. That you are still beginning to work in and through our lives. Lord, thank you, Holy Spirit, that today you are convicting our hearts. Not condemning, but you're convicting us. Lord, for every negative word we have spoken, for every careless word that we have spoken before people, whatever false witness that we have done, whatever lying that we have done, Lord, whatever slander, whatever gossip that we have done, Lord, we just come before you and repent before you, God. Lord, this is not what you want for us. This is of the devil. So today, God, we humble ourselves before you and ask God, Lord, forgive me. In fact, I want you to pray that, Lord, I repent before you tonight. You have, if I have spoken those negative things, if I have not been careful with my tongue, Lord, thank you, God, that we can receive forgiveness tonight. Nothing is indeed impossible for you. Lord, you died on that cross to save us from ourselves. Lord, thank you, God, that by your Spirit, Lord God, you are renewing, you are changing us from inside out. Lord, let our love, Lord God, overflow tonight as we begin to worship you, Lord God, as we open our hearts to you. In fact, if you, if you want to worship God, let's all stand. Just lift up, lift up your hand before our God. Say, God, I just want to surrender. I want you to open my heart today. I want you to fill me, Lord God, with your love. Make me understand. Make me know what is love, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Fill us right now in the name of Jesus. Receive the love of God. Understand the love of God. Let the love of God forgive you in the name of Jesus.